Amen. Okay. Well, why don't you stand to your feet and uh, we'll get ready to go into the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. My mic is still a little bit hot and a little bit of feedback. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have to be in your presence. Lord, we pray that you would grace us with wisdom and discernment from your word. We do thank you so much for your word. And uh, Lord, we do count the privilege, Lord, to be in your presence this morning. So Father, use me as only you can. Speak through my heart, speak to my mind, and speak to all of us. And make us more like you today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles. Remain standing, if you will, and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 16. We'll begin reading in verses 13 down to verse 20. Matthew chapter number 16. We'll begin reading in verses 13 down through verse 20. Uh, when you arrive, you can say amen, something similar to that. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? The Son of Man am. I'm sorry, let me say that again. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But, what, what, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus Christ may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word this morning you may be seated in his presence we are continuing our series mission impossible the first week we talked about Jesus' number one mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. Last week we had explored the Beatitudes, and part, a part of this sermon, one of the greatest sermons ever preached on the planet, was um, the Sermon on the Mountain, so we explored that last week. Today I want to talk to you about the subject, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus. Understand that depending on who you talk to, uh, you'll get a whole lot of different answers. But I wonder if you were happen to be walking down the street and somebody came up to you with a camera and, and they said to you, who, who is Jesus? What would be your response? Have you thought about that? What answer would you give? There are some people that you pose that question to and, and they have fashioned a Jesus according to their own imagination. How I many know there are some who do that? 
They fashion a Jesus that is accommodating, one that we don't recognize that is consistent with the Holy Scriptures. And so there seems to be, in particular this time of year, Easter season, there, there seems the enemy always try to confuse people about who Jesus is. But understand something, if we're going to be effective in our witness, in our proclamation of the gospel, we have to know how to articulate who Jesus is. And we must do it in a persuasive way. And we must do it in a way that we're confident. And the only way you're going to be confident in your explaining who Jesus is, is that you've got to know him. Everybody say amen to that. We need to know who he is. I mean, I'm not just talking about the surface stuff that people say, yeah, Jesus came, he died for our sins. That's important. I don't want to undermine that. But we really need to know him. And when we know him in an intimate way, we are more prepared to be able to give people the right perspective on who Christ is. Sad to say this, but there are even many Christians who are somewhat confused about who Jesus is. These are, we're not talking about non-believers. We, we know what they think, you know, but, but there are some Christians, depending on who you talk to, they're not really sure about who Jesus is. In fact, how many of you have ever heard of George Barner? George Barner, he's this guy that does all these statistical um, studies about the church. I want you to hear this, and this may be eye-opening to some of you. He says that, watch this, this was a survey done to Christians or so-called believers. It says 50% of folk who call themselves Christians don't believe Satan exists. Do you believe that? I mean, that is unreal. 35% of those, 35% of those believe Jesus while on earth sinned. In other words, they believe that Jesus, he sinned. These are some Christians that believe that. 40% of them say that they do not have a responsibility to share their faith with other believers. These are Christians. 40% don't think they have an obligation to share their faith. I don't know what Bible they read. I don't know where that comes from, but... It's reality where we are. 25% dismiss, watch this, that the Bible is the inerrant and fallible word of God. The people who say they are believers. In fact, I've, talked, I've spoken to some of them who are still wrestling with the fact of whether or not this book is the word of God. Can, can I say to you that if you're a believer this morning, I believe that's each one of you here, that You've got to settle in your spirit. Do what you got to do. Go to the desert. Go to the wilderness. Do what you got to do. But when you come up out of this, you got to have it settled in your spirit that this is the word of God. Not pieces of it. Not part of it. Because if some of it is wrong, how do I have any confidence in all of it? So then, I, listen, we've got to come to a place where you say, I look, this is the word of God. It is my authority. It is my blueprint for living. You know, it is where I gain insight about God. This is it. And if you're still wrestling with, I don't know if this is the word of God, then you, you need to take some time and get before his presence. And, 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 I, will, and, and I will say this like most of you don't realize, but, but we believe in this church, Foundation Christian Fellowship. I want you to shout it to the world. We believe cover to cover 
that this is the inspired, infallible word of God. Every bit of it. The story of jo all of it. Jonah, all of it. But I say, Jonah, because some try to even discount that. That's some fairy tale. The poll shows that American, watch this. Here's, here's what he concluded in his poll. The poll shows that American pick and choose what they like and are comfortable throwing away the rest. You know, as a preacher of the gospel, and, and I will go even further than that, as a, as a believer, you don't have a right to be a smorgasbord Christian. You know, when you get smorgasbord, you go, you can pick and choose, but you no, no, no. When it comes to the things of God, we don't, we can't pick and choose. The rules have already been set. How I many you know Jesus is a king? He's a king of the kingdom. And every kingdom, there's rulership. There's, there, there's, a, there's rules that govern that that, that kingdom. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus has already set the rules. He's already laid them out. There's a way by which God wants things done in his kingdom. So we can't pick and choose, oh, I like this part, I don't like that part. Oh, the Bible says this about what? No, 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 that part I just push over to the side. How I many know that is not Christianity from the book? I just thought I might have to say that. And so, how many of you read C.S. Lewis? You ever heard of C.S. Lewis? I'm going to educate you just a little bit this morning. He wrote a book. He was a great thinker, Christian uh, writer, leader, a tremendous man of God. In the book, Mere Christianity, I, I suggest you never read the book, read it. It's called Mere Christianity. Here's what C.S. Lewis said. This is profound, and I love it. Here's what he says. He, he, you know, now, he says this out of his book, uh, Mere Christianity, and he considers this very common viewpoint and concludes his chapter, which is called the shocking, the shocking Alternative, with these penetrating words. There's a chapter called The Shocking Alternative. And here's what he says at the end of that chapter. He says, now watch. I am trying here to prevent, I quote, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, speaking of Jesus. I'm ready to, here's what people say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg or else he will be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can't shut him up for a fool. I'm sorry. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him or kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come away, come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. That's one of the things that people say about our master, right? That Jesus was just a great moral teacher. You see, if I can demote Jesus to me, to, to a man just like me, then, then he's just another opinion. And I can pick and choose. But if he's God, then that changes the ball game. Hallelujah. 
And because he's God, I can't, he's not on my level. I mean, God means he's creator of all things, all powerful. So then I, I just can't approach him and look at him as just a great moral teacher. There are some people that think that. That he was just another man who just walked the earth and did marvelous things. You must understand and I will preach this this morning. I hope you get it down in your spirit because at the conclusion of this sermon, you will have a more profound understanding of who God is and who Jesus is, and you'll understand why we worship him so. Watch this. Look at Matthew chapter 16. We're already there. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. That's why help me preach this morning. Don't just stand there. Don't look at me. Preach back to me. Your sermon is real easy. I had to spend hours. Your sermon is Amen. That's all, you, that's all you have to do. That's your sermon. Amen. Amen. I spent hours in this. So I need you to preach back to me. We're going to preach to each other. And watch. Jesus asked a profound question. He says, who do men say I, the son of man, am? Now, obviously, if Jesus is asking this question, it got to be important. All right? Jesus just didn't ask questions to be asking questions. Everything Jesus did, it was with purpose. He was after something. And he asked the question, he said, who do men say I am? Well, some say you're just Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say, oh, you're just another prophet. Because I mean, like you said earlier, depending on who you talk to, they tell you all kinds of things. Oh, Jesus was just another Muhammad. I mean, he's one way among many ways. How many of you have heard that? Your way ain't just the right way. Jesus is, you know, he's, he's a great guy and all of that, but he's just another one of great line of moral teachers that's come along. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, but Jesus takes it more personal. He makes it more personal. He asked them first. He said, well, who do men say that I am? But then he looked at them. He said, now, but who do you say I am? I know what everybody else says. I know what they're saying about me, but can you tell me who I am? Do you know me? Oh, why would Jesus say that? Because these will be the people that will hold this precious gospel. These will be the people that will take this gospel to the ends of the earth. These will be the people that will represent Christ. What will you do when the pressure comes on you, when you look behind you, when you see nobody else is standing but you? Will you be the one to stand for Jesus? Who will you say that I am? Will you stand? Will you take a stand? Or will you back down like everybody else? Will, will you cower down? Will you water him down? Or will you take a stand for righteousness? Who do you say that I am? Well, you know what? It's not popular. It's not what everybody is saying. Alert, alert, you are in the minority. The, kingdom of this, the kingdoms of this world will ultimately become the kingdom of our God. And he's going to reign over this. But in the meantime, how many know this kingdom is full of wickedness? The kingdom of the world. And, and, and most of the people that you know and that you work around, they don't serve Jesus. And you don't need me to really prove that to you, did They don't really, yeah, you got a fee here and there. Yes, you do. But what do you do when the pressure is on you? When they tell you to keep quiet. When they tell you you can't preach Jesus around here. What are you going to do? Who do you say that he is? 
thought-provoking, right? He says, who do you say that I am? Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. Go there real quick, if you will. Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 1. When you get there, you can say amen. Hallelujah. Listen to this. This, is, this verse has set you free. This is Paul talking to the Galatians. Because everybody say they believe in Jesus, don't believe in Jesus. This is why you got to know who Jesus is. The Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of this book. Watch. He says, watch this in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. I marvel. Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. How many know that there is a such thing of a different gospel? It's the gospel of the world. The gospel of humanism. Believe what you want. Anything to make you feel good, that's cool. Whatever you feel, that's, that's good. The gospel of secularism has no place in the kingdom of God. But Paul says, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you. I mean, you always going to have people to try to trouble you, try to get on your nerves, and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. You hear that? But even if we are an angel, watch what Paul says. He says, now, but if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be what? Who do men say that I am? It's important that you know who Jesus is. See, when we tell people all the time, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. It's not that we tell you to read your Bible, read your Bible, because we just want to be legalistic about it. But we tell you that because you need to know him. And the only way you're going to know him is you've got to get into this book. Read, dissect, digest his word. Jesus made some claims, did he not? Let's go back to, let's go back to Matthew chapter number, which chapter were we at? Matthew, for those paying attention, chapter 16. Now watch. I want you to stay with me. Amen? Now watch this. He says, who do men say that I am? Watch this. Look at verse 16. Simon Peter said, you are the Christ. <laughs> the son of the living God. Now, when Peter said the Christ, in Jewish mind, they understood what Christ meant. Christ meant the Messiah. The one that would come and rule the nations. And if you study that in its truest form, he's saying that he's God. And watch what Jesus says. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says. Blessed, verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, this truth, I will build whose church? Whose church? Say it again. Whose church? Jesus, on oh, this one, I will build my church. See, this is not Pastor Gary's church. It's his church. It's his church. He says, I will build my church. Not the church, not the church that people try to 
come up with their own rules and regulations or fashion a God according to their lust. Not that. He says, I'm going to build my church. But then he goes a step further. This should be good news to all of us. He says, I will build my church. And watch this. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, Satan, how many know Satan does attack? I mean, I can't tell you. If I can just sit back and I'll tell you the number of attacks we've had this week, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, it has just been crazy from one thing to the other. And I know the devil is mad. Because every time I begin to start preaching a sermon like this that has something to do with the deity of Christ and who he is, the devil just gets mad. Jesus said, the Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We got to come back. See, it's important what we believe. Don't let nobody fool you. Listen, I got emotion. God made us, God made us emotional. But truth reigns over your emotions. Truth means something to God. That's why Jesus said, who do you say I am? You got to know who I am. You cannot preach me if you don't know me. Amen. You can't. Not effectively. Not the way I want. Not with the kind of power that you need. You cannot do it unless you know me. The good news is that Satan's going to attack, but he ain't going to win. Some of you undergoing some attacks and you've been dealing with stuff for months, days, and years. But here's the good news. Read the book. You're going to win. You've already won. You are Jesus. You can be of good cheer. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, trial, tribulation. But be of good cheer because I've overcome. And because I've overcome, guess what? You have overcome too. So I know I was. So I know the devil's going to attack me. I know it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to struggle some. I know people, I know there's a doctrine out there that teaches that you ain't supposed to struggle. I don't know where that gospel is either. I'm sorry. It don't exist. When I read the Bible, let me tell you something. You do. You have trials and tribulation in this world, but Jesus said, I'll give you peace. That no matter what you're going, what, what you're going through, you can still have joy. You can still rejoice in God. Yeah, I, I, I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to do that. But you know what? I'm going to praise him anyhow because I read the book. I know I'm going to end up. So devil, you can't do nothing to me. You, can't, you can try to attack me. You can try to make me think God ain't with me. But the devil is a liar. Can't, I can't lose. Look at the neighbor and say, you're a winner. You've already overcome. The devil want to get us so, listen to this, the devil want to get us so locked into our problem that we can't see the glory, the majesty, the power, and the great deliverance that God has given us. So he wants you to get zoned into your problem. He wants you to get so zoned that you're heavy, that you can't go. You don't want to go to church. You don't want to do that. You don't want to live. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. The devil just want to get you so locked in, but you got to step back every now and then and say, whoa, snap out. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I read somewhere where the Bible says I'm an overcomer. What? I, I, I read somewhere where, where it said that, that, that I'm going to live and rule and reign with him forever. Forever. I read somewhere that he coming with a white horse and all his saints with him, and we're going to set up camp right here. We're going to renovate this whole thing. A new kingdom was the, that the world's righteousness and joy and everlasting peace. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that don't get you excited. You ain't saying. Gates of hell will not prevail. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, the three claims Jesus made about himself. Watch this. 
Say with me. He says that he's the savior of the world, right? Y'all turn to John 3.16. Read it. Everybody know that scripture by heart. Just start saying it. There you go. Good. And I heard all the different versions, but I think we got it. For me, about to say. Now, Jesus said that he's the savior of the world. If Jesus, if you're savior, then how many know we don't need to be looking to nobody else to save us? He, he, he is the savior of the world. You've heard me say this often that I believe the church is the hope of the world. Jesus is the only savior of the world. People want other things to save them. That's why they go to drugs. That's why they go to immorality, pornography. That's why they go to, to uh, 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 bad relationships, job after job, seeking over, trying to find something that will save them from themselves when they, all they need to do is look to him. Jesus is the only Savior. Jesus said that whoever believes in me would have eternal life. They would not perish. That's what Jesus said. Whoever believes in me. How I many know you can't work your way? I, I marvel at some folks. Because there are some people that think they're good enough to get in heaven. Have at it. The best of us is like a filthy rag. We don't measure up. And, and y'all are some good people. But when it comes to the standards of God, let me tell you something. We fall way, 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 way short. I had to get that Barry White voice so you can get it. Some of y'all know who that is. But we fall short. We can't save ourselves. Understand that. Jesus is the Savior. This is what Jesus said about himself. Not, watch this, not Muhammad, not Buddha. Not Harry Krishna. Jesus said, whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. I say that's a good deal. I'm taking that. In fact, I've taken that. Now watch this. So that's one claim Jesus made. Now watch. Here's another claim Jesus made about himself. You ready? So Jesus, number one, what's the first claim? He claimed that he's what? Number two, here it is. Jesus claimed to be equal with God. Therefore, making himself out to be God. Now, some of you are like, I don't believe that. Okay, then let's look at the word. Turn to John chapter 5. If you don't believe me, believe the words. <laughs> I'm having fun this morning. Hallelujah. Look at John chapter 5, verse 16. I love this. Because remember what we said about Jesus. We cannot try to make, see what the world want to do is make Jesus just another person. They want to, they want to demote him. How I many know? Stay away from anything that tries to demote Jesus. Why? You, hear, you hear me now? I want you to hear that. You look at some of these documentaries that the liberal TVs and all these folks have, a lot of this stuff is all designed to try to demote Jesus. He's just one among us. No, he is the one among us. And we're going to show you that from the word. Everybody say, that's why I said, I told you to say earlier, I love his word. Say it again, I love his word. I love his say, Jesus loves me. Now watch this. Look at verse number 16, John chapter 5. Are you there? Say amen. Y'all learning something this morning? You liking this? It's the word. You got to like it. Watch this. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus. 
Uh-oh. Now, the Jews persecuted Jesus. What do you think they're going to do to you? I just thought I'd throw that in there. And they sought to do what? And what did they seek to do? Kill him. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus, and they sought to kill him. Because he had done these things on the Sabbath. He's just blessing people, healing making them well, and people getting upset. <laughs> but Jesus answered them, watch this. My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Now he's going to take himself for Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Well, why do you want to kill him? Because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with who? God. See, that's the Jews understood what he was saying. You're trying to make yourself, you think you're God, you're trying to make yourself equal with God? Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself but what he sees a father do, for whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. Now I want you to hear this, stay with me. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works, everybody say greater works. Greater works in these that you may marvel. Now watch this. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he wills. Wow. Wait a minute. So, so Jesus is saying, putting himself on par with God. He's saying, you know, just like the Father raised him from the dead, uh, guess what? I raise him up too. <laughs> For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. They're all, watch this, and here's the kicker. Here's it right here. This solidifies what Jesus is saying. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Now, how many of you in your right mind, and I have to preface it with the right mind, would say that you give me the same honor you give to God? Did anybody say that? Because if you do, we're going to call 911 because you need to be taken to the hospital. None of us in here will say, oh, you know, the same way you honor God, honor me the same way. Nobody in their right mind will say that. That's why they said Jesus was crazy. You know, they said Jesus was a lunatic. You know, they said that about him. You know, that's why they tried to kill him. Because Jesus was saying that they're just like they... The father raised him up, I raised him up too. He said, in fact, you give me the same honor you give the father. You don't honor me, you don't honor the father. Right. Jesus says, give it up to me. See, he's, that's not, see, now he's not just a man. Well, pastor, I still don't believe it. Okay, then John 1.1. 1, 1. For those who know your word, come on, say it. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Watch this. I, I love this. And all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. <laughs> In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. I hope you're getting this. Look at verse 14 of the same chapter. In John chapter 1. And the word, everybody say the word, word. became flesh. Do you know who that is? Say it again. Say it with conviction. 
And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of it. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm God. And that's why they killed him. Many people don't realize that's why they hung him up on that cross. But Jesus said, also in other places, he said, I have power to lay down my life. I have power to take it up again. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't know no man like that. <laughs> I don't know no man like that. I don't know men who, who can say, I'm going to die and then get back up. At will. Oh, no, no, no. Especially after being in that tomb. How many days? And he got back up. He said, I have authority to, to lay it down and take it up again. How do you know? You can't put Jesus on par with all the rest of those jokers. They don't measure up. No, okay. What's the, Jesus made that claim. Okay, he says that he's equal with God. Okay, we understand that. Uh, uh, by the way, you can just write this down. I just want to just throw this in there. Uh, 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 Philip, in, in John 14, verses 8 through 10, uh, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and, and we'll be satisfied. And, in other words, they walk with Jesus, and, 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 and they just said, Philip said, Lord, Lord, you, you talk a lot about God. Do me a favor. Can you show me the Father? We just want to see him. And Jesus said, Jesus replied, Philip, don't you even know who I am? That's what God is saying to us. Don't y'all know who I am? Why are you worried about the little problems that you're going through? What's wrong with you? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end? Don't you understand that I'm the one that calls them up from the dead? Why are you troubled? Why are you worried? What are you concerned about? Don't you know who I am? Haven't I brought you through it? I've been, I've been with you from the beginning. Even when you didn't love me, my grace was hanging up on you. And why are you tripping now because you got some trials? Why are you tripping? Oh, I got some issues. Okay, what else? I got some, you got some. Okay, so what? Watch this. Jesus made another claim. He made another thing. John chapter 14. Run there. John chapter 14. Come on, run there. All right. Yes, thank you. I, I, I love this because see, 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 that's why the devil don't want you to know Jesus. That's why he tell you don't read the Bible because you're too tired. You ever notice that soon? You can you, look. Now, now be honest with me. Yes, well, you can say You can read the you can you can look at your favorite book, look at your favorite movie, and you cool. Amen. But soon you open up that Bible. Well, gosh, I can't read the book. I believe it's a spirit that the enemy don't want us to see. Because if we don't see who, see, the more you know who you are, the more you're free from worry, from sickness. Because how many know that much of the sickness that we're dealing with is because our, our spirit ain't right? We all trouble inside. We're worried. We're pressed down. We're bogged down with stuff that we ain't supposed to be bogged down with. There's something about the Bible when it says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. You got to remember that when you're going through, you got to say, I got to get me some joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength because he made a way for me. Watch this now. John 14, 6. Uh-huh. 
Jesus said to them, this is Thomas. Uh, people, I probably should just go. I'm going to read verse 1 and read down to verse 6. All right, so stay with me. Y'all in John chapter 14? All right, let not your heart be troubled. Let not. See, uh, that's, that's interesting. He says, let not. You know what that means? That you control if your heart is troubled. If you're troubled today, it's because you want to be. Now, some of you don't like what I said. If you're troubled today, it's because you want to be. Because the Bible says, let not your heart. Don't let it happen. Don't let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. <laughs> he says, in my father's house are many mansions. And y'all over here fighting about a house and you worried about whether or not you can get the loan to buy this big old house. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. He's like, guys, get over it. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. <laughs> and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you will be also. You need to put your name right there. This is talking about me. This is your inheritance. And where I, and watch this, verse 4. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, watch, Thomas. How I many know there's a lot of Thomases around? You may be a Thomas. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Uh-oh. And here's what really, you want to get people upset? Mad at you? Calling you all kinds of names? Here it is right here. Tell them this. Here's what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, you know that ain't popular, right? And, they, and you know, and nowadays, in our culture today, they don't want you, you can't even say, I mean, you can't say to Jesus on the way. I heard Oprah one time, you can't say that. There's a lot of different ways. Jesus is cool. Oh, Jesus ain't cool. He's Lord. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. You see, WTL. See, that's what everybody wants. People want direction. Jesus, you know, for, for your husbands, you know, like this. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like this, but you know how it is. You know, we're driving down the road, you know, the way. You know, we don't like to ask for directions because we men. And, and, and men like to conquer some stuff. You should have saw brother, brother back here yesterday. He was here trying to conquer a thing about this sound system over here. I mean, he was like, I'll figure it out. Brother Curtis said, you can't figure it out. He said, oh, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure this out. And, and, and you know, you know how, how, how we men do something. We drive that road. I'm, this is me. Drive that road, you know, and I'll keep rolling. I ain't stopping to ask nobody for no directions. I mean, you kidding me? I'm the man in this house. I ain't going to stop and ask some dude at the 7-Eleven, how do I get there? Oh, no, brother. Y'all ain't doing that. But, but, but you know, when, when you want to come to God, though, you got to humble yourself. Because he said, I am the way. In other words, you ain't going to figure it out unless you come through him. So, how I many know, we got to let go of that pride. Jesus said, I am the way. People want direction in life. Jesus, people are, they, they, they're, they're moving about. They don't know where they go. Jesus, okay, let me fix this. Let me help you. I am the way. Now, 
Take note what he said. He didn't say, I am a way. He didn't say, I'm one of the ways to God. He made it exclusive. I love him. He says, I am the way. Not only that, he said, but I'm the truth. You want to know what truth is? You know, the stuff that you hear in the media and the people around in, in this world, they're not telling you what's true. The Bible's, Jesus said, I'm the way and I'm the truth. You want to know what truth is? How many know it's so much deception today? I mean, there's so many, there's so many spirits operating in the earth. And, and at some point, if, you, if you're a person who's just seeking, you're like, if you really want to know, you're like, I just want to know the truth. I just want to try to figure it out. I had one brother who was seeking the Lord. I just want to know what's true because there's so many different religions out there. I don't know what to believe. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth. I'm it. And the life. You want everlasting life? You want joy? You want real life? He said, I'm that too. I'm all of it. I'm the way, the truth, and I am life. Jesus said, I came to give you life. And give it to you more abundantly. See, what people interpret abundant life ain't abundant life. Abundant life is not, you're not abundantly living just because you have a fat bank account and a big house. Amen. You can have a fat bank account, big house, let me tell you, and be miserable. You ain't living abundantly. How many, how many examples do we have before us of people who are just lost? They have stuff. All the money, and some of you would sit back if you're honest. You said, Well, if I had that kind of money, I would be set. No, not really. That's why Paul said, I learned the secret. I know how to live with much, and I know how to live with a little bit. I can do all things through Christ. He said, No matter where I am in life, because you know what? My happiness and my quality of life is not, does not consist in the abundance of stuff that I got. My life is hooked up with Jesus. And so when people, like, can I ask you a question? Is Jesus, are you satisfied with him? We always need more. Oh, gee, I mean, it's, it's amazing when people go through a hard time, it really tells on you. Oh, I ain't show up. I ain't going to pray. I ain't going to worship God. Well, it's just, you're just telling on yourself. You didn't really love him like you should have in the first place. Because if you got it, Job said it this way, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in God whether I got it much. I'm going to rejoice in God if I got a little bit. I'm going to rejoice. You know why? Because my quality of life is based on my relationship to him. And Jesus said, I'll give you a peace. I'll give you a joy the world can't take away. I ain't letting nothing take away what's rightfully mine. My peace and my joy. That is what people want more than anything. And they think the devil has tricked people into thinking that the more things you have, the happier you'll be. And not necessarily true. I, I want to, listen, I want to be blessed with stuff, but I want my relationship with him intact. Because that's more important to me. Because then I'm really living. I'm, I'm, I'm loving him. I'm content in him. And God has blessed me with some stuff. Hallelujah. But if it comes that the stuff gets gone, you know, I'm not, you're going to see me walking around like, well, I don't know, man. I'm gonna, you know, God, and he just left me. No, he ain't left me. Can you worship him when you're going through it? Can you worship him when it's hard? Can you worship him when you open up the refrigerator and it ain't no meat in there? Can you worship him when you look at your bills and you realize that you don't have enough to pay for the lights, to pay for the water? Can you worship him then? Will you serve him then when you're sick in your body and you've been praying for a healing and it ain't come yet? Will you still worship him? Affliction tell on you, doesn't it? Affliction has a way of saying, here's where you really are. 
That's why David said, I was glad when he afflicted me. Because we get to learn about his ways. We want to learn about him. But Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one gets to the Father except by me. Now, you have a lot of people trying to get around him, over him, underneath him. But Jesus says that uh, according to Philippians, I believe, chapter 3, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. The most ordinary of sinners are going to confess that he's Lord. I know you got some people there that seem really hard, you know, like, you know, you can't talk to them because they just in no way they're going to be. Every one of them got to bow the knee and confess that Jesus is Lord. Everybody's going to do that. Whether they want to or whether they know. He's on the way to truth and life. No one can get to the Father except through me. That's what he said. Now, here's the question. When you talk to people, what are you going to say to them? When they tell you, well, you know what? You got your way. I got my way. We all get there together. All roads lead to heaven. Okay. Where is that at? Jesus ain't leave you no room. I have one brother who says he's a Christian, right? He he sends me these emails. We, We chatter every now and then. He tells me he's a Christian. But he don't believe half the stuff that Jesus said. So I, so one day he started talking to me crazy stuff. You know, because you got people to talk to. So I just kept shooting him back the word. Now at first, now here's I got, and the guy had to speak to me because I was I didn't I didn't get it till late. But I would try to like reason with him. And so then I was just sitting there one day. He sent me a ver- uh, sent me an email, and the Lord said just hit him with the word. And every time he said something, I shot the word out at him. And boy, he got sound. I kept shooting every time. He said, I shot the word. And there was another guy who was on the email. He said, he said, man, Pastor Bellin just got you on your heels. All I did, I just kept pumping the word. Pump the word. What did the word of God say? You say you're a Christian. Here's what Jesus said. Well, you got to respect all of the, I respect all of the religions, but your religion is wrong. If it ain't rooted in Christ, why can't a Christian say that? If you call yourself Christians, Watch this. Christian means follower of who? Christ. And I don't want to acknowledge what Christ said that I can't really call myself a Christian. Uh-oh. Jesus said, I know it. He didn't leave no room. He, did, he left no room for all roads lead to heaven. He left no room for that. You can say whatever you want to say. If you want, and look, you, you, you know, you can be nice to people and all that, but when they talk, tell you that, just say, just look at them and smile and say, right, that's, that's not what I believe. The, the word of God doesn't say that. And uh, what do you mean? What, but Jesus said they, that, that, that he's the only way. Acts 4.12. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus says, I'm the savior of the world. Jesus says he's God. That's a claim that he made. Jesus said, I am the only way to heaven. In closing, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus talking again. He says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. You know, it's amazing. But Jesus gives us all warnings about what we need to be prepared for. He's broad as the way that leads to destruction, and there are many, not a couple, many, who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Few. Now, see, wide 
represents whatever feels good. Why represents anything goes. Why is whatever is popular. See, that's why. He says, in fact, you'll find a whole bunch of people trying to get in through their way. The gate is wide. The, the wide and broad way are a bunch of people who have just who have come to the conclusion that whatever I deem it to be, that's what it is. But narrow is a whole different story. Narrow represents Jesus. Narrow represents laying down your life, taking up your cross, and follow him. He says, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. It's difficult, not because Jesus necessarily made it difficult, but he says, you know, they asked him the question, what, what, must we, must, what must we do to, to enter the kingdom of God? He said, believe on him who God has sent. But see, here's the problem. People don't want to give up their life. They don't want to give up a life of sin. People are very comfortable living the way they want to live. And I don't want nobody coming in telling me what I got to give up. See, see, if you're a follower of Christ, you come to a point, if Jesus ain't give it up, you ain't arguing with him over that. I got to give it up. I ain't sitting there trying to debate whether I need to stop. If Jesus says stop, I got to stop. You may be struggling, but you better say, but at least need to come to this point. I agree with you, God. I need to get right. People don't want to hold on. Oh, no, no, no. He said, because narrow is the way. Difficult is the way. Yeah, you're going to have to give up your life. You can't follow Christ and try to hold on to your old life. You're going to have to die to yourself. Who is Jesus? He's God. He's Savior. And he is exclusively the only way to God. And I know that don't offend none of y'all. But it will offend some of the people that you share the good news of the gospel of the kingdom with. Amen? Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. If you're listening this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus, please don't let another second go by. I beg you. I beg you with everything that is in me. Will you please make him master, ruler, Lord of your life? Jesus is life. He is absolutely full of grace and truth. He died that we might have life and have it abundantly. If you're not right with God this morning, let's not play church. Let's get right. Let's get right. Get right. Let's get it right this morning. Maybe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning that perhaps you have been troubled about some things and you forgot who He is. You've been so focused on the problems that the winds and the wave have come, and you focus on the, the winds and the waves that represent the problem. And you've lost your focus on God. If that's you this morning, just confess to God that you need to get it right. We're going to take communion this morning. This is a good time to take communion. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning, you need to get something right, whether it's you haven't been trusting Him, whether it's you've been doubting Him. Or even that you've been lazy in your pursuit and just knowing him. 
take a moment, ask God to forgive you. And while you do that, we want you to search your heart. We're going to take communion. Communion is for believers. It's a very sacred thing. We commune with God. We become one with him this morning. You can continue like that play. That's fine. Uh, you continue. Um, we, want to, we want to continue with our communion this morning. Um, the Bible talks about in Corinthians that when they was taking communion, some of the folks in the Corinthian church did not understand how holy their moment was. Some of them died. Some of them died because they took it for granted. Communion is holy. It's sacred. And before we take of the table this morning, we need to confess our sins. Do we have any bitterness in our hearts, any unforgiveness, any unresolved issues? Please take a moment and ask God to forgive you before we take communion. And then we will take communion together. this side to come up and you serve yourself and then we have followed by this row and followed by this section. We'll start with this section and to my left. 